Cause the truth about it is It all goes by real quick You can't buy happiness But you can buy dirt Ah, uh, you know, money can't buy happiness, but you know what money can buy you? A $61,000 Magic Girl. My friends over in the Netherlands, they repaired Magic Girl, right? They took the John Papaduke machine and they spent three years fixing the code, getting those mechanisms to work. And that's cool and all. And we were all really excited to see this game sort of wake up a little bit. It still shoots like a dog, but now they are selling one. Get ready for it. For $61,000 thousand dollars and i think at this point we all just need to put a pin in magic girl it is not a good pinball machine it doesn't matter what you do to a magic girl it is never worth 61 thousand dollars but that's the new pinball landscape all you got to find is one really rich fool in europe and he will think that he's holding on to something special. But as someone who's played Magic Girl, and I know I haven't played this new version of it, there is no way any pinball machine on planet Earth should ever be worth $61,000, especially a machine that came from John Papaduke. So here's what I'm going to do on episode 631. I'm going to give you all of the rumors I know so far. And there are a lot of rumors floating around the pinball world. Some of them I feel really good about. Some of them I'm almost ready to call confirmations. Now, the reason I'm going to say rumors on most of these, if I haven't physically seen something, right, if I'm not staring at the Deadpool Whitewood, which I used to, or the Guns N' Roses Whitewood, or the Ghostbusters Translate, if I'm not staring at something that is 100% proof, then it's still just a rumor. But some of these are going to happen. And so on this episode, let me go down what I'm hearing is happening at each manufacturer. And we'll start with Stern. Now, Stern Pinball, the next game is Rush. It's all but confirmed. It's going to happen. John Borg Rush is coming out. It will most likely be shown the week of December 21st. So mark your calendars in just a couple of weeks. We are going to get that really poorly put together stern teaser that probably has like a Rush song. Probably not, right? It's probably not even going to have a Rush song because maybe they don't have the rights to air it on YouTube. Who knows? But there will be like a stern pinball that goes around a pentagram and it's Rush pinball coming soon. And then a week later, we will get crappy cell phone photos of the game because stern will show the game to to its distributors on a webinar, and that is how the first photos will arrive in the world. It happens every single time, but that is coming John Borg's Rush. Now, I'm also here to tell you the next game from Stern Pinball is going to be Brian Eddy and Zombie Eddy doing a Marvel comic book edition of Venom. This is also happening. I haven't seen it, so yes, it's technically still a rumor, but once again, Canada is going to be right. It is Venom. I heard Zach Manny on the Pinball Show talk about it, and it was what he was referring to, and Zach knows more than me. He does. He just can't say it, but once Canada says it, then Zach can report on the rumor. And Craig Bobby, thank you for giving me a shout out. But this is happening. This is happening. You are going to get a Brian Eddy, Zombie Eddy, Venom game. That is happening after Rush. Now, 
Here is another rumor from Stern Pinball that we are going to get James Bond, which is going to be finished by George Gomez, and it was started by Steve Ritchie. That is also happening. Now, here is the other thing that I'm here to tell you. We almost know all of Stern's lineup in 2022. We are also going to get, as a music pin, a Foo Fighters music pin from Stern Pinball. Now, whenever music pins get announced, it gets very divisive, right? A lot of you love Rush. A lot of you hate Rush. Some of you are in the middle, but for the most part, some of these musical acts are not universally loved. And, and not every musician is universally loved, but Rush is not a universally loved act. Neither are the Foo Fighters. Now, I'm not here to argue whether or not there are fans of these two bands. They're absolutely are. But if you were to ask me, I think there are way better bands that deserve a pinball machine over the Foo Fighters and over Rush. How about bands like U2? How about the Red Hot Chili Peppers? How about Motley Crue? And when you think about pinball and the music that's perfect for pinball, it's high energy rock. I would much rather have Nirvana over Foo Fighters, even though Dave Grohl comes from Nirvana. You know what I'm saying? There are just better bands out there with higher energy. I would rather have a Green Day pinball machine than Foo Fighters. Now, here's the really interesting part, is who is doing Foo Fighters pinball machine over at Stern? Now, I don't think Back to the Future is happening. I really don't. I think Back to the Future is just a red herring. I think Stern has the Back to the Future rumors going, but if you think about the schedule, if we've got Brian Eddy on Venom, then we've got a George Gomez James Bond, then we're up to Keith Elwin again, right? It's Keith Elwin's turn. Now, do you think Foo Fighters with Zombie Yeti, who has done Foo Fighter artwork, do you think Keith Elwin is going to do the Foo Fighters pinball machine? Now, you could look at it like Keith Elwin is due for another musical pin. He started with Iron Maiden, then he went on to Jurassic Park and Avengers and Godzilla. So maybe his next title will be a musical pin. So I could see Keith Elwin doing Foo Fighters. And I could see the Keith Elwin fan base being like, please don't do Foo Fighters. Everybody out there, everybody wants Keith Elwin to do Back to the Future, but I'm not sure. I'm really not sure if it's going to happen. If it does happen, it's going to be a Joe Kamikow title. So how does it feel? Doesn't it feel liberating knowing all of these stern titles way before they want you to know them? It feels very liberating because now as a consumer, you can make more educated decisions on what you're going to buy. And these companies don't want this. They don't want you to know what's around the corner because if you are a Venom fan and you were thinking about getting Rush, now you might wait. Ultimately, next year is going to be a brutal year for everybody because the delays on getting pinball machines is going to be extreme. I hear that Stern is nowhere near making four to 500 games a week because of supply shortages. So if you're waiting on your game, you're going to be waiting a long time. All right, let's go over to Jersey Jack Pinball. So what are the rumors over at Jersey Jack Pinball? Toy Story is the next game from Pat Lawler. I would be 
so shocked if Toy Story isn't next. Even my greatest sources, when I press them on this, I'm like, are you sure it's Toy Story? I mean, the movie hasn't been out for a while. They are like, Chris, it is Toy Story, okay? Everyone over at Jersey Jack hates your guts, Chris, but it is Toy Story, okay? So it is Toy Story. Then when are we gonna see it? People keep asking me that. When are we gonna see Toy Story? So what I'm hearing, so the rumor is that Toy Story will come out most likely end of spring, early summer. That is the earliest we will see Toy Story from Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, here are where the other rumors get interesting. I am hearing that after Toy Story will be Steve Ritchie's inaugural game at Jersey Jack Pinball. So he is going to be after Pat Lawler, not Eric Minier. Now, this makes sense. When you think about it, they weren't going to bring Steve Ritchie on board, the king of all pinball. Steve Ritchie is over there to make a statement. How can he make a statement if he has to wait two and a half or three years to get a game into the market? And you have to believe that part of the agreement he made with Leonard and Brett and Jack was like, look, I'll come over, but I'm not going to go to the end of the line. Like, I'm Steve Ritchie. Like, I want to make an immediate impact, so I'm going to jump right in on a game. So, Steve Ritchie after Toy Story. Now, what is Steve Ritchie's title? Now, here is the rumor I am hearing. There are two titles that I am hearing rumored that are in the mix over at Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, they are both juggernaut movie franchises. And if you were to ask me, one makes more sense than the other, but they both would actually be amazing additions to the Jersey Jack portfolio. And the two titles I'm hearing are The Matrix and Avatar. Now, let's think about that for a minute. Which one makes the most sense? Now, if they do the Matrix and Matrix 4 is coming out in just a couple weeks, that would be amazing. And the fourth film will be out. So they have all of the assets they need to put into the game. And if he's already done the design and the layout, I mean, it's the Matrix, right? So they have all the assets to put into the game and have the game capture all four films. Okay, so the timing on that is pretty good. Now, for some reason, Jersey Jack can never time up the launch of a game with the major theatrical release of that property. Like, they're always way off. Like, they missed the Toy Story window. They missed the Hobbit window. They're missing the Matrix window. And so then you think about Avatar. The next Avatar movie is happening in December of next year. Now, I do know that the executive producer of the Avatar franchise and Leonard are friends, so there's a relationship there. So do we think that Jersey Jack Pinball will make an Avatar pinball machine? Now, I know what people are saying, like, oh, we already have an Avatar pinball machine, but Jersey Jack Pinball has built a career on making games that are already out. Hello, Guns N' Roses. Hello, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings 2. I mean, think about Jersey Jack, right? They're always recycling themes that worked for Stern, Pirates of the Caribbean. They're picking games that are already in market. So if they make another Avatar game, it's hard to argue against why not. Avatar is one of the biggest film franchises of all time. There are four more, count them, four more Avatar movies coming out, four of them. Okay, so if you're going to make an Avatar pinball machine, this is going to be a franchise that's going to be part of culture for the next eight to nine years. So it makes total sense. And nobody out there, nobody out there would not want to see how Jersey Jack would bring the Avatar world to life. I mean, think about that bioluminescent world and it coming to life with all of what Jersey Jack puts into a pinball machine. I mean, it would be kind of epic. 
No company creates a world under glass better than Jersey Jack. So if Steve Ritchie is next, then Eric Minier's game is after that. So what is Eric Minier working on? Now, I heard a rumor about what Eric's next title is. I know it. And I'm not just going to come out and say it just yet. I said I was going to wait until our club memberships got to like 400. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it's so soon. Like, I don't want to spoil it so soon. Like, there's so much time to go until we get to Eric's next game. I will give you a hint that his next game is based on a movie franchise. And that movie franchise has more than one movie out there. I know that's not an incredible hint, but that is what it is. It's also a movie franchise that is older than two decades, okay? Those are three hints for you. Now, this is, again, just a rumor. It's what I'm hearing he's working on, and I think it's a questionable choice, if you ask me, but I will talk more about it as we do more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. All right, so those are the rumors over at Jersey Jack Pinball. We all can't wait for Toy Story. I'm also hearing a rumor that there will be two versions of Toy Story. There will be 1,000 CEs, and there will be 500 Buzz Editions and 500 Woody Editions. I think it would be super smart if they did this. I do, because I think then you're bumping your number of CEs up, but you're also making two variations, so they're both kind of still limited and rare. So will we see a Buzz Edition and a Woody Edition of Jersey Jack's Toy Story. Time will tell. All right, let's go over to Spooky Pinball. What's happening in the Spooky Pinball world? So right now, Spooky Pinball is updating code on Halloween and Ultraman, and people who are updating their codes are enjoying the improvements made in the games, and that's what we like to see. We like to see these games get better. I wish they were better at launch, but I can't turn back time. Um, They are also working on a little bug that's very interesting. There's a problem with their code updates that if you had a Macintosh or a Mac computer, you can't update your game. Something with the Mac putting something onto the USB stick that it doesn't work right now, they are working on it and they say they are going to fix that. Now, is this a stupid oversight? Yes. Should they have tested this before? Yes. Do a lot of people in the creative field and a lot of people who buy pinball machines only use Macintosh? Yes. But once again, you know, this is spooky pinball, people. This is Spooky Pinball. They are learning as they go. They're always learning as they go. Will they ever fully figure it out? Will Spooky Pinball get to a point where they finally figure it out and give us what we want without having to tell them what we want? They're not there yet. I mean, I read the threads and it's kind of comical. Like the entire thing are people being guinea pigs for the games, giving them feedback, Spooky responding in real time, being like, thank you, everybody. We're taking all your feedback into account and we can't wait to try to make the games better to live up to your expectations. And for some people, they like that journey. For some people, they like that journey. For me personally, I like to buy products from companies that know how to make it amazing before I buy it. I like to buy products from companies that polish it before I ever see it. I'm not the biggest fan of what Spooky's doing right now. You know, the daily correspondence with the fans. I'm I'm not. I think as a company, you've got to sort of draw a line. I don't know, Spooky, like maybe don't talk to people on a daily basis. Just make it better and maybe surprise us every few weeks with new code updates. But the daily listening on Pinside, I think they're going to get tired of it. I also don't care who you hire. I don't. I really don't care who you hire. I really don't care who these unknown people are that you're bringing on board. All I care about are what they do. 
And if you're going to make these games great, I hope you do. But I want to see the proof in the pudding. That's just my take on it. I think Spooky wants to get credit before they deserve credit. And again, when they decided to make 1,750 games, they should have hired all these people before they did that. And I think they did it late. And I think that's why a lot of people are trying to drop their spots. And the big question mark for Spooky Pinball will be, Will people who bail on these games early regret it? Will they make these games great? We shall see. Now, are there any rumors over at Spooky Pinball? There's not too many other than this. The next Spooky Pinball title will be out in December of next year. That is the time frame for the next Spooky game I'm hearing. I'm also hearing that it is going to be a licensed theme. I'm also hearing this, that the next Spooky game they are not going to limit the amount they make. Very interesting. Do we think this rumor is true? Why would they do that? Why would Spooky remove the FOMO aspect of a game? The only reason they would do that, think about it, the only reason Spooky Pinball would remove the limited nature of the title is if the title is a juggernaut, right? Because if it's not a huge theme that they wanna make for years and years and years, it has to be a theme, right? Where people will wanna order it for years and years and years. Why would they take away the one thing that drove people through the door? And that's FOMO. And everybody knows that. It's not like we all ran to Halloween and Ultraman because we saw the games and we saw they were awesome and we're like, take my money now. No, they didn't even show the game. They, all they told us was they were only making 1250 and 500 and that's enough to sell the games. So very curious move if they do this. All right, let's go on to Chicago Gaming Company. Any rumors over at CGC? Well, other than the fact that Mark Ritchie's Pulp Fiction that I'm hearing is a single-level, solid-state game, I don't know where it is. Chicago Gaming Company, it's really hard to get excited about a company that takes forever and a day to get games out. So the rumors I'm hearing at CGC is that I think that Mark Ritchie's Pulp Fiction is happening. I also think that CGC, the rumor is they are going to make Beetlejuice. And I think that Kapow, Joe Kamikow, I heard this, might be making Beetlejuice with CGC. Now, again, this is a rumor, but I'm hearing Beetlejuice is in the works. It sort of makes sense, right? George Gomez came out and said that Stern didn't want to make Beetlejuice because nobody was interested in it. Christopher Franchi's been at CGC for a couple of years. He loves Beetlejuice. So did Christopher Franchi help broker a deal between Joe Kamikow, who Mr. Franchi works with, and CGC? That would be really cool. What would be amazing is if Ben Heck's game was Beetlejuice because Ben Heck is making a game with CGC. So I would normally say like, we'll find out in a few months, but because it's CGC, we're gonna find out in a few years. And it's again, it's hard to get excited about CGC because of how long they take. All right, what other rumors are happening in the pinball world? Did you guys see this Indiana Jones, right? This modded Indiana Jones sold yesterday for $20,000. Like, what's wrong with people? I mean, I, it was beautiful. It was all brass plated. Oracle Pinball Company did the modifications. Beautiful, stunning machine. But there are so many Indiana Jones games out there. So many of them. And you could easily take an Indiana Jones and do all that work for far less than $20,000. But if you want it tomorrow and you want to put it in your home and you want to flex with that Indiana Jones, awesome, no one's going to care because everyone knows you spent $20,000 on it. And anyone who really loves indie would never do that. See, it's just a weird thing. All the new money coming into pinball 
It is time, and I mean this, it is time. If you want to cash out on your pinball collection, now is the time to do it. There are more people with money willing to buy whatever you dangle in front of them, hence a $61,000 magic girl. I hope it sells for that. I hope it sells for that so we can point at one guy and be like, at least I'm not that guy. And then it's sad because I'm seeing the guy who has the Elvira signature edition for sale, right? They only made 50 of those and he can't even get 26,000 for it because now everybody wants the new one, the 40th anniversary edition. See, Stern screwed over those people. They had this rare thing. Now there's another rare version. And you best believe that Stern is going to do remakes and SLEs now all the time. Whenever there is a major anniversary of a game, I bet they rerun it and do some sparkly armor and charge you like 15 to 20 grand and watch everybody run to it. But I'm done with that. Canada is absolutely done with that. I am only buying dream themes from now on. Mark my words. If it's not a dream theme of mine, I'm passing. Doesn't mean I won't buy it and flip it to somebody else for more money. Oops, Canada said it. He's still going to scalp. Of course I'm still going to scalp in this marketplace, people. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you? This is the new pinball market. I mean, if you can get in on a game, why wouldn't you get it and sell it for more money? For the amount of time we spend studying pinball, why can't we treat pinball like a marketplace like that? Like I'm not spending all my hours studying stocks and studying cryptocurrencies. I've spent all my time invested in pinball and this is one avenue for me to make some money on it. And I hate to say this, but I could flip two stern pinball machines a year. I mean this, I could flip two stern pinball machines a year and it would make me more money than this podcast makes me. And all the hours I put into this podcast, you know how many hours it takes to flip a machine and make money? Like one hour at most. You list it, someone buys it, you send it to them, the buyer sends you the money, everybody's happy. So don't ever come at me and say it's a horrible thing you do because I do so many hours of pinball content. Don't I deserve? Don't I deserve to take the knowledge I know about the pinball market and make a buck or two? And I will never apologize for it, okay? So give me all of your LEs, everybody. All right, what else is going on? Rumor in uh, P3 Multimorphic Land. Uh, no rumors. I have no idea what the license theme is that Scott Denise is working on. Anything else happening? Nothing at Dutch Pinball. Nothing at the Pinball Brothers. Who am I missing in the pinball world? Haggis Pinball. No rumors there. So I think that pretty much sums up what's going on in the pinball world. Oh, let me end this podcast by saying, you know, it's been a really interesting 2021 going into 2022. I've been looking at these pinball prices and they are inane. They're absolutely inane. And the prices are through the roof. I'll tell you the one thread that makes me the happiest, it's not all these for sale threads. It's not all these club threads where people are trying to problem shoot their games. The happiest thread on all of Pinside is the thread in which people share their game rooms. And if you don't go into this thread, I highly recommend it because that's what it all boils down to. The only reason we buy these things is to put them in our homes and play them or put them on location and make some money. That's the only reason pinball exists. In fact, it was never meant to be in our homes, but that is why I love looking at people's game rooms because when you see the game room thread, you actually see the reality of this industry. 
in one page, you will see someone's home that is clearly four to 8,000 square feet. You will see people's finished basements with over $200,000 in pinball machines there. $200,000 in pinball machines, you know, 20, 30 games. And you know that in that house, in that house is just one guy who probably has kids and a wife, and he probably barely plays the games. He doesn't have enough time to play all those games. And as someone who's who's now a father, like I completely see now how the time to play pinball is very limiting. But it's great, right? He loves pinball, and he outfitted his game room with all those games. And then you'll see a guy who's got maybe two machines in a garage, right? And it's like neon signs and beer signs, and that's his game room. And everyone's game room is kind of a reflection of where we are in life, the things we enjoy, the games we love. And I love seeing it because I love seeing, you know, some guys are like all in on Stearns. Some guys have a variety of pins. Some guys have Jersey Jack games. Some guys have CGC games. And it's my favorite thread. And I wish more and more of what we celebrated and shared was just that. Here's who I am. Here's my game room. Here are the games that speak to me because I think that's the most positive thread in all of Pinside. So do me a favor, everybody. If you haven't shared your game room on Pinside in a while, please update that thread with your current lineup of games. It would be great to see it. It would be great to see what is in your house and what games you're enjoying right now. I'm also going to start a thread on my Facebook page of share your game room photo here because I do think It's the one thing that always helps me reset and get re-energized is seeing all of you guys excited about your pins and your game rooms. Of course, the price increases are deflating and they suck and they're not going to get any better, but it's still pinball, right? You're still not going to lose that much money. I once bought a $30,000 engagement ring. I broke up the engagement. The same jeweler who I bought the ring from bought it back for me just a couple months later for $15,000. I bought a $3,000 bar from Restoration Hardware. I can't even sell it for 500 bucks. You go buy a $3,000 TV, you'll get 300 bucks for it in a few years. So if you go all in on a pinball machine, you're not going to lose your shirt. But be cautious, collector. If you do buy these $20,000 Indiana Joneses or these Elviras for $26,000 or $38,000 for a Pirate CE, just be careful and know that the only reason you should buy at those extremely high prices, right, a $21,000 Ghostbusters, only buy it if you really, really are going to bolt that game to the floor because if you want to trade it down the road, believe me, It's the high-end stuff that's going to suffer the most. The rest of the stuff will hold its value, but you're buying at an extreme inflated price on all those other titles. Everybody knows it. I don't mind when people buy those games because I know the people buying those games are rich. They are rich. Nobody is waking up tomorrow and buying a $21,000 Ghostbusters or a $20,000 Indiana Jones or a $40,000 Pirates or a $60,000 Magic Girl who's not loaded. And those people have so much money, they don't care. So great, I'm glad you got your machine, but you know, you're never gonna be able to trade it again at that price because in a year or two from now, with so many games coming out, everything's gonna go down market. It just is, all right? Everybody, this has been episode 631 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's the holidays coming up. Get ready to celebrate your month with the family and turn off Pinside and just enjoy your pinball machines, all right? We'll talk to you soon. Add a few limbs to your family tree. Watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up. Because the truth about it.
made by happiness, but you can buy. 